Hi, I'm Naomi. I believe in a world where everyone can be seen and heard for who they are. They can feel understood, and in that understanding, they can have impact and purpose. And furthermore, that each of you has something unique, a superpower. Sometimes society frames it negatively, sometimes society frames it positively, but there is something you bring to the world. And when you see it, and you understand it, you can leverage it. Oh hey, fancy seeing you here. Welcome to the podcast. My name's Naomi. I'm your host, and this is Mindful Musings. A place where you get to learn all about fitness, nutrition, psychology, and how they're all deeply interconnected. Sometimes we take a tangent or two, but in the end, I thank you for joining me, thriving with me, and growing with me. Now, let's go learn something together, shall we? Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. It's me, Naomi. I realize a lot of you are first-time listeners, and I've never like given 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 myself uh, credibility. That's a weird languaging choice that I just chose. Interesting. Uh, I've never explained who the F I am, and what the F I do, and why I hold any sort of merit. First and foremost... I've been a personal trainer, corrective exercise specialist, and nutrition, integrative nutrition coach for a very, very long time. So I was 21. I'm 33 now. Uh, yeah, I'm a yoga teacher. I'm a clinician in training in psychology. I am a nerd and I love to know things. I think most importantly, I like to share things with all of you and I truly believe That all of you, each and every one of you, have a gift and a superpower and a skill set that you bring to the world. And I think the more I sit with human beings, the more I realize that a lot of these superpowers are labeled as anxieties or labeled as like depressions or labeled like we like to like, um, we like to, uh, like diagnostically categorize and label things and once it's been labeled it's been categorized into an area and I think that's necessary for a society but I'm I don't know I think that I'm a little remiss to just sit there and be like yeah that's fine I think that sometimes what's labeled as anxiety is like a superpower that you have to look prospectively at the future and look at all these outcomes and you have data and information that that isn't necessarily true and it's challenging for the person with anxiety but it's something that you see and you have this ability to prospect the future and I don't think that that's a bad thing and I think that when you're seen in that and you can understand that piece of yourself and really integrate it and accept it in you stop looking at all these things as like good and bad and blah, blah, blah. it's like there everything is good and bad it's both nothing is good or bad we are all good and bad there's a side to to those coins and i think that i really believe that man we would we could really benefit as a culture in in looking at these sort of superpowers that people have and and 
and raising them up in, in some ways and, and not, um, not too high, you know, to their appropriate level. And a, just, just a better understanding, I think a more holistic understanding. And I, I have a, you know, I have something to say as it pertains to leadership, as I often do. And so I think this is where we start to talk about leadership mistakes. How do y'all feel about that? Talking about some leadership mistakes. Some Mrs. Steak. You guys, have you seen that little... My best friend and I passed back this little meme of this, like, little steak that's, like, in high heels with lipstick on and a pearl necklace, and she has this little red handbag. That's Mrs. Steak. (laughs) So we're going to be talking about leadership Mrs. Steaks today and uh, how they... How... How do I even want to get into how to fix them? That's my nature, but I, I'm going to try to just label the mistakes and then maybe in another app we can get into how to fix them. But again, this is my nature to try to give solution. It's just where my brain goes. So I might I might go there. Today we were a good person and we leaned into our skill of organization and we researched and we outlined the episode. You're welcome in advance. It will be a better quality product here we go. I also just realized that I forgot to give myself credit for being a manager since I was 16 years old, which is what gives me the credibility to speak in leadership. (laughs) Forgot about that part. Anyways, um, yeah. So I wanted to make this a top 10 psychological mistakes that leaderships make, leaders make in, in leadership. And I only have nine. But nine just doesn't have that fancy ring-a-ding-ding about it, but um, I don't care. I only have nine, so there's that. Number one, assuming that everybody thinks like you. This is a big, big problem because it inhibits proper communication. And when you don't have proper communication, you do not have proper sight. And when you don't have proper sight, you don't have proper foresight or insight, and that is no good because those things dictate how you're going to act in a situation and the decisions that you will ultimately make. If you do not have the ability to see others for who they are, you are going to assume that they think like you because why would they not think like you? Everybody must think like you, right? No. And and we know this at an intellectual level, but when we're kind of piloting through the world and we're communicating and we're talking and we're at work, we make this this unconscious assumption that others think like us and when we make that assumption we begin to to decide things and think that everyone will be okay with it or 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 that they'll have a certain understanding of it or that it just doesn't matter or or the value points are kind of placed where you place your value points and so when you make those decisions unbeknownst to the collective or maybe the collective knows some people might get their feelings hurt some people might feel stepped on some people might be like f yeah like you have this this swath of reactions and then there's something that you don't see because the people who are like f yeah are aligned with you and the people who aren't are like maybe they don't have understanding or this starts to create this mini culture and those people don't feel seen and understood by their leader so they don't feel safe and when you don't feel seen and understood and protected by your leader and you don't feel safe you have a really big problem in your organization and you have a really big problem as a leader because your job 
primarily when you lead is to protect. And if those people don't trust you to protect them, they do not trust you to lead them, which means that they don't trust you. And that's very, very, very bad because that affects your company culture and your company culture is everything. More on that later. The ability to identify each person as an individual and recognize what they need and how they see the world is it requires a lot more work from the leader. It requires a certain skill set that most people do not have, and it requires the care and the empathy to do so. Most people should not be leading other people. They should be leading robots, probably. They could direct, you know, a million robots that think like them to do it. But the but the best leaders, the leaders that reach inside and they 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 understand people deeply. There's a way to get into people. If you look at like the biggest, um, listen, y'all might not like this conversation, but we're going there. We're going to look at Hitler or we're going to look at Martin Luther King. We're going to look at people who were able to take a collective and get them on their side. And the question becomes, how did they do that? And you might be thinking, Naomi, this goes directly against what you just said. No, it doesn't. Because in this instance, they're not in an organization that's like closed. They're attracting people to them who have the choice. And those who don't believe in their beliefs begin like this is this ends up tipping the scale at some point. If you attract enough people to believe what you believe and you align enough and you see them enough, you can get enough of the collective where it starts to tip the teeter-totter and the rest of the people who don't believe what you believe because like group think and collective think, they'll start to think they believe what you believe, which is kind of an issue, right? It leads to problems later, but but it's how you get a bunch of people that kind of come on your side. Everything I just listed can be used to manipulate large groups of people, which is why it goes bad often. Please do not do that. <laughs> Okay, I'm asking, please. I'm asking nicely. Um, you understand as a leader that that when everyone's not like you, and if you have this secondary understanding that I just explained to you, that the, you have the power to manipulate people. And I don't mean, mean manipulation in a bad way. I mean manipulation in the frame that you can kind of change or dictate how, how they sort of act. And that will bump up against your moral values. And so where you align on that, it will dictate kind of how you are as a leader. Is it in the greater interest of the company? Is it in the greater interest of the group? Is it in the greater interest of the self? I think these are all important questions to ask as a leader. I believe when you're a leader, the, the protection and the interest is that of the group in your, in your localized group. There may be a leader above you whom hopefully believes what you believe and will protect you and you have trust in that leader and will protect you in that group this can go out to infinitum the country you live in the state you live in the i'm going backwards but you know what i mean the city you live in the neighborhood you live in your nuclear family your positioning at work like all of these are are levels of hierarchy of of leadership and we see massive breakdown when the the trust or the split occurs even in society currently we have this this massive divide down the middle and i think a lot of people are kind of asking the wrong questions it's i don't think in this instance we we mend or bridge the divide i think actually we leverage the divide and i think in seeing that each side has something to say 
when there's a massive divide in the organization, or in this instance, the country, there's something important that needs to be seen by both of those sides. And, and you can leverage those things. And it doesn't mean they're in opposition. They look in opposition to one another, but oftentimes they're not. If you look at something as more of a circle and less of a left and a right or like a flat item, right? It's like a, it's a 3D sphere. I guess the circle isn't a 3D sphere, is it? A sphere is a 3D circle. So look at it like a sphere. (laughs) My point is, is if you have a dot on the ball that's on, I don't know, your right hand side, and then like you go to the complete opposite side and you put a dot on that ball, those, those points are actually not in opposition to one another. They, they appear in opposition, but they're existing in a larger matrix, matrix of things, and they can be leveraged to still keep the ball rolling metaphor intended pun intended um but back to to the point that that not everybody thinks like you it's really important to sit down with those that you manage i don't care if there's a hundred of them sit down with each and every one of them and get to know them this is where people don't want to take the time they don't have the time in their organization to do it because in business for some effing reason we do not value that the individual is part of the collective and that the feeling is really important. Most people on the planet, the majority make decisions via feeling. And I think that they like to masquerade like they do it under a thinking guise, but they do not. They do not. Understood? If you have a thinking person in front of you who makes decisions with thinking, they still have feelings about something. And the feelings are very important. The thinking is also important, to be clear. Okay, point two, there's a top-down approach. This top-down approach I've spoken to before, it's a bossy boss world is what I called it before. You have a boss that barks and screams orders and they expect things to fit in this like linear approach. And and, and the way that this works is that it's top-down, bottom-up, the whole thing. So you, you hire someone and they're really good at their job and they sell a bunch of whatever the insurance and oh jimmy you're so good at your job and then you promote that person up so that they're in charge of the people who are selling the insurance now and then that person isn't selling insurance and they're making an assumption most likely that all of those people are like them so they're going to put policies in place or they're going to they're going to start to lead all of those people with the belief that all of those people are just like them and that they have the ability to sell insurance just like them that's not true that's why point number one is don't assume that everybody thinks like you if you're a leader and furthermore when we promote in this way we create a problem in organizations where we're not hiring up people who can lead others we're we're promoting people who can boss other people around and try to to tell them to to get to the goal via how they did it and that is not effective and it does not work and it adds to that bucket of creating a culture of people who who despise you. And you, company culture will be created with or without you. And, and if it's created without you, you have a really big problem. A really, really, really big problem. And you might be in such denial if you're at the top and you have such little insight that you don't even know that that culture has been created without you. And when you're at the top, you think you have this beautiful culture and maybe you do with your closest managers. And then you look three rungs down and you're everyone's like, I hate it here. This effing sucks. You don't have a company culture. You have the, the delusion of company culture because the culture is not company wide. 
So it's you, we, we, we promote these people up and then we don't value leadership skills at all. We value the numbers that they achieved and that we hope that they can get those, like that skill set. They can like teach it to other people, but other people aren't like them. And so we also don't train them how to lead other people because we don't value it in our companies or in our, in our culture, ironically enough. And so when the value set is placed away from that, there's no training on it. And you would never expect an insurance salesman in this instance to sell insurance with no training. So why do we expect that same person to lead other insurance salesmen once they've been promoted with no training on leadership absolutely none i don't understand point three people lead out of fear fear of the bosses above them fear of meeting numbers fear 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 i think there's this idea in parenting which is parallel to leadership which is that in order to do something there has to be a little bit of fear this has been worded to me before as healthy fear i i could just (laughs) i i'm laughing because this idea that you have to be scared is clearly a reflection of how society often leads but i think it's leveraging something inside people which is that They really, I think that people have this inherent weakness inside of them that's like, these are all the ways in which I'm wrong or I'm not doing a good job or I'm not lovable, so to speak. And I think that in business, we've learned to leverage that and that the symptom of that is that we're saying people need to be scared. And and in doing that, you're scared. You're scared. What are you scared of is a good question to ask as a leader. Are you afraid of being fired? And if the culture is like of layoffs and firing and performance base, I'm not saying you can't build a company this way. You can absolutely build a company this way. But when you lead out of fear, you're placing fear at the center. Shame is at the central sun. Like, of so many people's experiences and and the ability to leverage that and prey on that i think happens a lot in companies and i think people want to perform really well because they're scared of the ultimate fear of annihilation they're scared ultimately that they're not worthy and if they prove that they can meet that metric or that number that they'll be worthy and they're not because that's not true and so i i think Not that anybody's asking, but I really believe that we can leverage that in the opposite way. So if we've been pulling on it from the right-hand side, let's leverage it from the left. If you take that that central shame or fear of being not enough or not good enough or not performing or equating to worth, how about instead when we get to know people, we leverage their skill set and we say, this is what you're worth. This is why you're worthy. This is why you're good. This is your superpower. This is what you're good at. And we line and we tee people up to use the skill set that they already have with a little bit of overlap to grow the edges with people left and right of them who can help them grow the, their edges. 
This is the all this is the ultimate team. This is the team that you do not have to motivate. It motivates itself. It's a living, breathing ecosystem of amazing, amazing amazement. It takes work, it takes effort, and it takes the proper skill set of the leader. How do you do it? How do you do it? Well, don't try to be a leopard if you're a tiger, I think is the first one. You might be able to pull it off, but you might not. You know, know yourself is really, really, really important. We're not all meant to be leaders. I don't know, well, I do know, or I think I know, why our society, like, lifts up leaders lead leadership is not a fun job it is not this glorious job it is like do you guys remember that show dirty jobs it's like you're covered in shit everyone else is shit all the time and you're like smiling about it because you have the skill set and the intrinsic drive to like it because you're a sick twisted individual but it's like a leader that really believes in their team and believes in what they're doing is a leader that that it's like it's so you're not motivated out of fear which is like squashing instead it's like it's like pushing out and growing it's the difference between like i don't know a tree growing and like this weird like fake this imagery and metaphor is getting all twisted but like i picture like growing this hydroponic weird indoor garden like it works and things are clean but like that's not an ecosystem and it requires all these chemicals and stuff in the water and all the nutrients is through the water and it's synthetic and it da, da, da. like instead of just this tree that's been growing for billions of billions that's an old tree that's been growing for hundreds of years in the ground that's been ever expanding out and it, 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 it exists in the ecosystem. There's something in that that's really, really, really meaningful and powerful. And, and when you have an organization that functions like a hundred-year-old tree, instead of a hydroponic lettuce garden, you have something that's really, really, really powerful. And you have something where, where I believe people can find purpose. And, it, and you can look at the skill like I talked about anxiety earlier. If you have someone who's coming to you and they trust you enough and they've said, you know, I feel anxious because I'm worried about this and I'm listen to them. Take a moment and listen. See what they're prospecting out. It's not your job to fix their anxiety, but as a leader, it's your job to see their anxiety. What are they saying to me? What does it really mean when they're speaking? That's to listen to people instead of waiting for your turn to talk maybe that's our 10th point that is a skill that you need to possess as a leader listen to people when they speak what i hear you saying is this is that correct yes or no no i'm actually saying this okay what i hear you saying is this is that correct nope you're still not getting it okay Honing in your communication skills and the ability to seen and be seen is vital if you're going to exist as a leader. It's vital. You can't just see people. You also have to be willing to be seen. You cannot hide under a rock and go, nobody see me. Here's this thing in front of me. It's just you. That will not work. That will not work. People are much more, um, they know. They know. I don't know how else to say it. They just know. Okay, number four. The denial that people need to feel happy and internally motivated in their job. I think when we lead out of fear and we have this sort of organization, it's like there's this idea that a lot of people are just like 
fine to just oh yeah my job's not that great i don't really like it it doesn't really give me purpose but it gives me money right like there's plenty of people who work jobs who pay them really well and they hate it like golden handcuffs right i believe that like this is just like a big game of of um what's that game where you lay all those pieces out is it memory where you like match the two Anyways, you just match the two. You match the job to the human being. And I think that a lot of us are mismatched job to human being. And I believe that there's like this ability when you really start to see yourself that you can begin to be internally motivated and you can begin to, to really do what you're meant to do in this world. And that's why I believe that each one of you has a purpose and you can find that purpose through internal insight and and seeing of others and i think that when you're when there's this denial in a company or in an organization of any kind that's like you don't need to just be happy you can just do this just keep grinding it out just keep grinding it out how long are you going to grind it out 50 years? Wow, what a life. I mean, you might be resolving some karma. You might be creating some karma. I have no idea. But it that's not the way that we have to do this thing. Like, you get, this is this one and precious life that you have. And if you're just showing up every day and you're just like, mm, I'm just gonna, you know, I get paid like 250000 a year. I don't really like it. But, you know, I really look forward to the weekend. This is why there's, like, this huge move towards, like, entrepreneurship and I'm going to be a content creator. Like, you know what content creators are selling? Like, why that dream gets bought all the time and it gets stamped and sold all the time? Because people feel the freedom to be happy and align in what they believe is their purpose. That's why it gets signed, stamped, and sold. Not everyone can succeed at it because there's a certain skill set that, that like the dream that's being sold is not necessarily reality, right? It's like, oh, it's this freedom dream. And I don't think it's the freedom to like have as much time as you want or have as much money as you want or have as much flexibility as you want. It's the freedom to be you in your authenticity and be seen and 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 be able to deliver in your purpose in life we are all born with one and we all have this innate drive to like like complete is not the word i want to use but like like you know those glow sticks that have the little um you like bend them into a circle and they have that little connector like do that like you want to like close the loop you want to close the loop and you want to like run on that nascar track loop again and again and again because you're that's your purpose and you don't want to go run in your neighbor's na- like closed loop nascar track because it's not yours you didn't make it it doesn't have the size you want and you're not in the car that you want and it's not the color that you want and it's not in the environment that you like and like are you understanding this it's really important that we understand that we cannot motivate other people to a certain point but motivation is intrinsic and the question becomes how do people the word motivation is is not it it's how do people decide right how does the desire arise to do something and how is it either suppressed or fulfilled 
And I think we like to think that we have control over that in an organization, but we do not. So you want to attract people who align with the company values and the company belief. This is why culture is vital. It's absolutely vital. It's why as a company or as a person or as a brand or as an organization, you must be clear on what you believe, not what you do. I don't give a F what you do, what you believe. What do you believe in? Where do your values lie? Attract others who can fulfill their purpose with you. You become the center. You become the sun of that message and the, 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 the attraction to that you know, people need to kind of bounce around before they find why they do what they do and what, why they, what, what they believe and, and where they stand in this world. But it's, it's in there and it's in seeing it and uncovering it that they can find their proper little NASCAR track. And some of us find them, some of us build them, you know what I mean? But we each have the ability to do it. Okay. Number five not creating safety for your employees, and even worse, heightening fear and increasing danger. I think that this strategy specifically lends itself to blind spots. So I think ideally, as I've expressed many times in this episode, it's like I believe that each one of us has this ability to see stuff that other people can't see. And when you surround yourself with human beings, the beautiful insights that the collective has as individuals when they come in and say i see this like they're each good at something different and so even if they all have a similar purpose or a similar why as to why they live life they have different skill sets there's overlap in the skill set but there's different skill sets and so when you don't create safety for your employees and there's instead there's there's this increased heightening of danger you start to create a massive blind spots because your your com- your employees don't feel comfortable enough to come to you and say hey i see this thing and when somebody comes to you and they say hey i see this thing you better damn well listen and you should be the type of leader who has the ability to remain open and lives it and breathes it cuz that's what the a leader does there's trust for protection there and when there's trust for protection and everyone's sitting in the tribe and someone hears something in the far left corner that the leader didn't hear because they're up on pride rock that that person runs up and they go i heard this thing in this far left corner and the leader doesn't go shut shut up sit down no they don't they say oh let me go check that out i don't care if you already know it's nothing i don't care you go check it out you listen to what that person has to say they if it is within their superpower skill set they probably see something that you don't see. And if that person never runs to tell you something, you have a blind spot because if they're scared of you, they will not do it. They won't. They won't run to you. They won't tell you. Why would they? Why would they? They don't trust you. And instead of believing that their leader will protect them, instead what they believe is that that person is scary. I'm not talking to them. I'm just trying to survive in my little little area and I'm going to protect my own self. You have... They're their own leader because they can't trust you, but they're probably ill-equipped. So then you're, you're functioning when you have this, this fear and there's no safety and you don't create safety for your employees. There's this, there's like all of these gaps and everyone is just looking out for themselves and it becomes selfish and you create this culture where no one's looking out for the left and right of the other person at all. And And that leads us to point number six, which is there's a failure to cultivate culture. 
when you do not have a culture, I've, I've like planted little seeds of culture all along until we've gotten to this point. There's like a culture is everything. It carries the business. The best brands and businesses that do this, they do it externally so well that the, the people are drawn to them and the employees are like, I want to be a part of this business, of this, of, of this belief, of this strategy, because I believe it too. And when they believe it too, you're like I said earlier, you begin to attract people in your organization who believe what you believe and thus you're all propelling forward in the same direction. And this happens, you don't need clear cut, concise conversations to propel the organization forward. The organization does it on its own because the default position is to go in the same direction because you believe the same things. This means there's less meetings, there's less strategizing, there's less bullshit because it's clean and it's efficient because the intrinsic values are already the same. Your job as a leader is to water that culture. If you're in middle management anyways, if you're at the very top, it's to create it and sustain it. The way you sustain it is you have middle managers who understand it, who are drawn to it, who believe it too, who have the proper skill set. And they begin to water the culture again and again and again. And they get it enough sunshine and they get it enough water and they don't overwater it and they don't oversun it. And and there's so many, a lot of what I've talked about is the how of that. But it's important that that's what they do. Because if they do that, there begins to be a safe space. And when there's safe space, things come out that would never have grown right cover crop grows instead of instead of um now we're getting into farming practices aren't we instead of like spraying all the weeds the weeds do something the weeds are important and to cultivate the culture when you water the entire crop cover crop will grow the cover crop glues everything together it's part of the ecosystem it's important too And so looking at the cover crop of your culture is really, really important. What are the little things that are arising from the collective that I didn't realize were important in the collective, but the collective arose it itself because I watered it. And there's all these other little beautiful things that are coming up that maybe I see as weeds as a boss, but as a leader, I see them as cover crop and cover, cover crop is important because there's no erosion when there's cover crop and there's an ecosystem and the ecosystem is effing important as I've spoken to earlier. Number seven, the mind will identify what it focuses on, that if the culture is spiraling up, it will continue to spiral up. And if it's spiraling down, it will continue to spiral down. So what I mean by this is Part of that watering is identifying in the culture what those people are to focus on. And if they have similar beliefs as you, they are happy to do it. And like the spiral starts to go up and they start looking for good things. Like is this, what's this called? Like the red car theory, right? If I tell you like, it's like, how many cars did you see on your way to work today? You're like, I have no idea. And then I'm like, oh, look for red cars on your way home. Count them. They go, okay. And then you come out, how many red cars do you see? And, and maybe you don't have the count right, but you'll notice all of these red cars as you're driving home. Oh my God, I saw this one. And, blah, 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 blah. and like, you see them. It's, this happens all the time when you start wanting a car. You're like, oh, I want this car. And you start seeing it everywhere. All of a sudden, everybody drives this car but you. It's because the mind is primed to start looking for those things. 
You want to prime the minds in your organization to focus on and look for the good things. This will cultivate a good, healthy culture. There will always be the bad things. You can talk about those bad things collectively, but you want to prime the minds of of the collective to think about the good things. What's good in the world, right? So in, in an organization, this might be you you lead by example, right? Someone walks in, right? Your employee walks in. You're like, hey, you know, I noticed in your closing duties yesterday that you did X, Y, and Z, right? You you took out the trash really well. You took like you didn't close the register thirty minutes before you know the store closed, and I really I really appreciate that. You looked for something good. That person is like, wow, they noticed me. But furthermore. Their mind is unconsciously primed to look for the good things that you also do and that the people left and right of them do instead of focusing on the bad. When we pull our employee in and you're like, hey, you know what? This is what you did wrong and this is what you did wrong and this is what you did wrong and that's what our quarterly meeting is about and here's all the shit you did wrong. Okay, goodbye. Have a nice day. Guess what they do? They look at all the shit everyone else is doing wrong and they turn it into, why am I being blamed when Sarah also does this thing and she didn't get yelled at? But... And, and you might be like, well, I did correct Sarah on that thing. It doesn't matter because your other employee doesn't know and their mind is unconsciously primed to now look for all those other negative things and you start to spiral downwards. Prime the minds of your employees and yourself to look for the things that are valuable in your organization. If you're at a high level, let's use this insurance um, company as an example, right? Hey, you know what I noticed? I noticed that you stayed an hour late to make extra calls and that you really made X customer and X customer feel really, really seen. That was awesome because they called me and they told me about it. And that's the kind of employee that I want here. That's so amazing. And then they might say, but I didn't hit my numbers because I don't care if you hit your numbers. What you did is you made, you know, these people feel really good. And I think I really value that. And I see that you're putting time and effort into that. And I think when we start to focus on feelings, you might be like, oh, but the company's not making the numbers. The company will make the numbers because when you invest in relationships, that's how you sell things. People do not buy anything from people or brands that they do not trust. How do you make trust? Hmm, weird. Yes. Anyways, the point here is that when we invest in people instead of numbers and metrics, we will get further. It's a long-term play. All right. Number eight, telling people what's wrong and how to fix it instead of talking about the vision. I kind of just alluded to this, but it's asking, how do I get this person on my team to be seen and to see others? And and we can prime their minds, but it's you have to have this ability yourself to see and be seen. Be seen in your mistake, be seen in your good glory, be seen. And people don't want to hear, like you don't, you don't bring someone in or you don't go into an organization or you don't say like, no one wants to be attacked. An attack creates a defense. And so when you come in and you're like, okay, here's all, everything that you're doing wrong. Here's how to fix it though. I'm here to help. I'm here. I'm trying to fix it. You know, we can do this together no instead see that person first you know what i mean like is this person willing to make a trade with you 
see that person. Man, I noticed that you look really exhausted. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Are you really? Because you... Are you sure I really care about you? I want to I wanna set you up for success. You seem really tired. You seem a little discouraged. Is there anything that I can do for you? That person may open up to you. They may not. You've offered them something. And in doing so, what if they're like, yeah, I'm just really tired. You know, things are really hard at home. And you're like, yeah, I could, I could see how that would be really hard for you. You're seeing that person, Right? There's an ability when you see somebody else and they feel truly seen in their authentic experience. You can't fake this, okay? If you don't have the skill set, don't do not fake it. People are too they're too adept. They know. They're like, "Okay, you're full of BS." But it's it's truly truly asking you know what's going on and and trying to see somebody. And once you really try to see somebody I think that they'll see you and they start to align with you and finally maybe I don't have nine points oh I do have nine points um I guess my final point there or the point is that like people this comes down to communication which can be another kind of skill set that we can talk about at a later date but The skill set of being able to communicate and communicate properly so that people are not defended against you is is something that a a leader needs. I would argue that you probably need it in relationships to some level or another because, um, yeah, it can create issues. All right, number nine. Um, Quote, selling to a thinking audience when the audience needs to feel something. And so... It's, I've spoken to this a lot already in this podcast, but it's like, it's, it's this weird idea that humans have that like, if we come with enough logic or proof that that's like, that's going to sell them. The only reason that logic or proof sells anything, and this, when I say sell, I, I mean that team, like that term in quotations, um, you're not, you're selling a a feeling it's it's they've felt like pulled to your side or compelled by these logical things but just throw that out the window and and sink into the the feeling of the thing and so when you're selling this dream or something you believe or an idea in your organization or something that you want to do people begin to align with you when it's it's a feeling it's I believe in XYZ. And if they don't believe in XYZ, they're like, I believe in FVW. They just kind of go find someone who believes in FVW and they find their way out of your organization. If they believe in XYF, they'll probably stay in your organization. And the F is the cover crop I talked to earlier. There's something that they have to provide you insight. There is enough overlap And when you align people in organizations with enough of that and you truly know your employees and you know the people, this takes time, this takes work, this is not how companies are currently organized. But if you were to do that, you have something really big, booming, and powerful that that propels itself forward. I think that the most successful companies in the world are successful. Look at Apple. I mean, yes, they 
they convinced us to be part of the Apple ecosystem, which is the most clever marketing thing in the world. My watch talks to my phone, talks to my computer, talks to my other computer. Um, that's that you're integrated in the ecosystem so that you want to continue to buy the product because there's an ease of use. But what's really happening is that it feels better. It's clean and it's easy and that feels good. It's not overwhelming to you to set up this new product. Remember when you had to like get a new phone and you had to go into the store and you had to spend all this time like transferring all your data over? Well, we reached a point where Apple was like, oh no, you just turn on the phone, you log in, the thing knows it's you, puts everything over, it does it over a period of whatever, 12 hours, and you're done. You're done. You don't have to do anything. That feels good. I'm more likely to buy an Apple product because I believe that I want something that feels and looks good. I want, and it started, the beginning of Apple started, right? Steve Jobs looked at it and was like, this is ugly. I want it to look beautiful. It's not something crazy. And it's like, that doesn't seem like a belief that would like move people or create this huge company. Oh, you're wrong, right? Do you guys remember those old commercials where they would go, I'm a Mac and I'm a PC and they personified each of them and the Mac was all put together in this nice outfit and the PC was like all disheveled and like the PC couldn't do anything and the Mac could do everything. They're communicating and they're speaking to the feeling. With a Mac, everything will be easy and elegant and simple and clean. You will be put together. You will know what you were doing. That is a belief. That is something that people can feel. I'm a PC. I'm clumsy. I'm shitty. I'm, I just look however, bleh. You know what I mean? It's like, there are people who will, who will have a PC. There's things that like, by all metrics, you can build a PC that blows a Mac away. Like in all metrics, but you still buy the Mac. Why do you do it? Most people. It's because a feeling has been evoked. And this, people who come to work for Apple are aligned with that. And it's, it's important. It's, these things are really, really important. So this is a freaking 40, almost 50 minute episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you learned something about the psychology of leadership and the mistakes Follow us on the Instagram. I think we're at mindfulmove.co. I'm Naomi. You already know what I believe. But I believe that each one of you can be seen and heard for who you are. And that in that understanding, you can have impact and purpose. Well, folks, that's the end. Don't turn it off yet because I'm about to tell you how to join the community and the conversation. And that's important as a human being, you know what I mean? You can find us on the Instagrams at mindfulmove.co or our website, www.mindfulmove.co. There's no .com. That's the end because we're clever around here. I hope you have a beautiful day. I wish you nothing but the best. My soul honors yours and we'll catch you next time.